All right, everybody. Happy Sunday morning. As we are almost done with week one of the preseason uh, in the NFL, and we'll, we'll, Wiz and I will speak about that at some point uh, upon completion. Uh, but, yeah, it's good to see some football out there. But uh, we are finishing up uh, the positions that we started with quarterback, breaking them down, breaking down the rankings, and, and today we move on to the tight end. So good morning to you, Wiz. How are you today? Good. I was, uh, I mean, I was out early this morning, and uh, after having uh, about four days in a row of what felt like over 100 degrees, it felt uh, nice and cool out there. Even it was uh, up to 70s, getting near 80. It's a spectacular sunny day, and uh, we're uh, we're get we're getting close. Uh, I know we're we're less than three weeks away from we'll be uh, sitting down for our draft. So that's. Uh, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's coming on fast. It always comes on fast. Uh, and again, I have to implore that your leagues be organized and ready. Don't be sitting there on draft day and start talking about rules and everything. You know, Wiz and I are in a league where we've just done our voting on on the rules for the coming year, and that's the way to do it. You got to prepare properly. You want to take this stuff, especially if you're a league that does take this stuff seriously. Uh, you want to treat it as such. I know there are more casual leagues out there, which is great too. Um, and, and there are leagues that, you know, it really doesn't matter if you play for $1 or $100 or $1,000. I think your attitude really should be the same. It's about bragging rights, about having fun. Uh, it, it's a means of bringing people together. Um, again, a little bit more challenge in these times of COVID, but nonetheless, I think it's a bonding experience, uh, you know, for everybody that's involved in the fantasy process. So, yeah, we're, we're excited to, con- you know, to continue to bring our insight uh, into fantasy football as we head into the season. There will be some differences this year when we deliver our podcast. Uh, yes, we'll pay attention to the traditional leagues, but we're going to be uh, definitely paying a lot more attention to the prop bets and the DraftKings aspect of things, setting lineups for the week. So Wiz and I are very excited to talk about that. But today we are on to the tight ends, Wiz, and uh, tight end has become such a bigger part just like you know the whole passing game in the NFL, but tight ends, you know your traditional blockers. That's not the case. I know you talked about it the other day about uh, for a rookie. Uh, you talked about Mike. I believe Mike Ditka being the last guy to actually have over a thousand yards as uh, as a rookie tight end. Uh, there's a lot of eyes on on a lot of players this year. I think we're expecting a number of players to move up. Uh, you know, when I look at the kind of the rankings, uh, there's certainly a tremendous amount of talent. Uh, you know, some of those top three. Uh, tight ends, I think, in, in fantasy, uh, you know, if you mix them in with the wide receiver position, uh, you know, these guys perform at the same level as an elite receiver. So it's become such a paramount part of the NFL landscape. Yeah, it really has. And, it, uh, you know, I think it's one of the most fun positions to look at to try and uh, break it down and, and maybe hit a home run where you have a guy who's maybe not ranked inside the top 15 at the position. And then it can end up finishing uh, inside the top 10 or 7. Uh, I think that can happen looking at this year's group. Uh, I think there's some interesting players um, that I'm going to fade. And there's some interesting players that I think are ranked um, a little bit too low that I think should be moved up higher. So uh, we're going to talk about that. And uh, I, guess, I guess I'll start. I, I know um, – you know, there's, we, we talked about this position, and there just seems to be more guys that probably are outside of the top group of tight ends that maybe we want to talk about that we think could get in there. But I'm going to talk about two that I, I just i am going to fade as far as where they're ranked. 
the first one I know is uh, a player that you like. Um, and I ended up picking up last year, uh, Robert Tanyan. But I'm just looking at his numbers. And anytime I just feel a player is touchdown dependent, because I don't think he's going to get the volume, and he had 11 touchdowns last year. I just think that number is going to be difficult to duplicate. And uh, if he is ranked inside the top 12, which he is by um, most people and in leagues, he's going as a top 10 or 12 tight end, I probably won't have much uh, equity in Robert Tanyan this year. So I'm going to take a pass on Robert Tanyan as tight end one. I think there are more interesting guys that we'll get to. Both of us will outside the top 12. And then the other one is my old friend, Evan Ingram, who continuously is ranked around 12 or 13 at the position. I don't get that one, to be honest. Uh, I have no idea what the, what the love affair is with Evan Ingram. Um, 2020, he played all 16 games, one touchdown. In 2019, he had three touchdowns. In 2018, he had three uh, two touch, three, three touchdowns in 2019 and two touchdowns in 2018. So in three seasons, he's had six touchdowns. Uh, and now Kadarius Tony enters the picture. Kenny Galladay enters the picture. Still have Slayton. Still have Shepard. I think he'll just be another you know guy there. Uh, I just feel like he's not going to get the volume with the receptions, and he certainly has not been a touchdown machine by any stretch. So I'm going to pass on Evan Ingram and Robert Tanyan as tight end ones to me this year. And I'm not going to disagree on Evan Ingram. I am a Giant fan, but I definitely am somewhat skeptical of what the Giants are going to do in terms of fantasy this year. By the way, not to get off topic here, what right does Daniel Jones have not being on the field for, for, you know, this is a year where it's a pivotal year. Tom Brady's taking snaps. I just don't understand it. The logic is is just I'm just beside myself that he's not out there taking snaps. He's not a player. He's a player that needs to be out there. So I don't want to get off topic here, but yeah, I'm 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 down on the Giants right now. Uh, so it's going to be hard to kind of get out of the way. So I understand the thinking on Ingram for sure. Um, I also have Robert Tanyan as one of those top tight ends that I'm skeptical of as well uh and and you know i talked about aaron Rodgers. you know a very difficult year to duplicate 48 touchdowns i talked about that with Devonte adams who had 19 touchdowns last year you brought you brought randall cobb in here who will you know catch some of those underneath patterns uh, you know playing out of the slot we know that guys like lazard missed a lot of action last year hopefully he can stay on the field this year and tanya was a beneficiary of that yes tremendous amount of trust that Aaron Rodgers had in the player. The completion percentage to Robert Tanyan is pretty astronomical. I think something of the magnitude of like 87%. But at the same time, it's very difficult to duplicate 11 touchdowns. So I'm, I'm with you there. The other guy in the top 10, and you're going to be surprised, I think, when I talk about this one, but the fact that Zach Ertz has kind of stuck around Philadelphia and you've got a lot more pass receivers in this offense and, you know, there's still a lot of kind of question marks about how Jalen Hurts is going to perform. And some can make the argument that, hey, that may be mean more checkdowns underneath to the tight end position. But I didn't think Zach Ertz would be on this roster, but he still is on the roster. Uh, you know, last year, Dallas Goddard w- was injured and uh, he was not on the field all the time. But I don't know. Is this something that's going to kind of start following him? So I'm a, I'm a little bit more 
challenge to think that Dallas Goddard's going to kind of have that breakout season. I see him in the top 10 uh, almost everywhere that I look, but I'm actually going to be one that kind of backs away. I'd rather have some guys kind of ranked between 10 and 20 than Dallas Goddard, who's currently ranked in the top 12. Yeah, I mean, I understand the thinking and the logic behind that. I mean, it's going to be difficult for Jalen Hurts to support two tight ends that finishes as tight end one, and maybe they're going to cancel each other out when neither is going to finish as a tight end one. So we'll have to see how that plays out. For both guys at this point to play 16 games for the Eagles seems unlikely to me. You mean 17? 17 games this year. Right, 17. Uh, It seems unlikely. Um, So I'm going to take the wait-and-see approach. You know, you just don't know if a veteran – number one tight end for another team gets hurt and Zach Ertz gets traded that could escalate the value of both players. So we'll have to wait and see uh, as far as what, you know, ends up happening with Zach Ertz. But uh, I, I don't disagree with the logic as far as uh, Dallas Goddard is concerned. All right. Fantastic. Um, all right. So why don't you take a, uh, you, I'm sure you have a bunch of guys because, you know, we, we've talked about the depth at this position a lot last year. I think it's still very evident this year. I'm sure you have a bunch of guys kind of in that kind of 10, 20 range that you, you expect to challenge that kind of top, yeah, top 10 status. I mean, to, to that point, I think we could really t- go down every single guy on the list and, and you can make a point for it. So what I've done is I've taken one guy that's ranked around 15, to 20. I've taken another guy that's ranked somewhere between 20 and 25. And then I got a third guy that's just way off the radar that I'm going to talk about. So I'll take it one at a time. So the first guy is, uh, I just keep coming back to Gerald Everett for a myriad of reasons. Um, He didn't get on the field a ton of time unless the Rams were in 12 personnel. That's one. Uh, There are a lot of mouths to feed with the Rams. That's two. The quarterback play three, the coaches calling on, on plays four. Now enter the situation with the Seahawks, where Gerald Everett is clearly the number one guy. He has a quarterback throwing to him that has made lesser tight ends in terms of ability look really, really good. Uh, your boy Will Disley, uh, as example. So I think there's a real chance for that. And then the, the real advantage is Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator with the Rams, comes over, offensive coordinator with the Seahawks. That familiarity, I think, gives Gerald Everett a little bit of an edge. Um, and uh, for those reasons, I think Gerald Everett has a, has a real chance, maybe the most chance out of everybody outside listed as a top 10 guy to finish in that top 10. So I'll, I'll uh, hand it off to you after the uh, – Gerald Everett analysis. Yeah, I, I like I like the Gerald, Gerald Everett call and, and Russell Wilson in the past has definitely targeted his tight ends. I, I don't necessarily believe that after the top two receiving options here in Lockett and Metcalf that you, you have a tremendous amount of options. You have the, you have the kid Swain from last year. They they drafted Eskridge, but it's not the deepest receiving core in the league. So you can make the case, and I really like the case that you make, uh, given the fact that the familiarity that the new offensive coordinator of, of the Rams from the Rams. To, to now the Seahawks stayed in the division. So I think uh, I think you're onto something there uh, w- without question. All right. Uh, so that uh, we'll do it one at a time. Who, who do you have? I know you have several tight ends that you have outside the top 10 that you think could finish in there. 
Yeah, Irv Smith Jr., I don't believe any. First off, if you watch the sieve-like defense of the Minnesota Vikings again, and Mike Zimmer's head's going to be on a plate very early in the season for the Minnesota Vikings. But Irv Smith Jr., to me, is a slam dunk top top 10 tight end. I don't believe what he said about Tyler Conklin at all. I know what he did in a small sample size. I think he's an elite athlete, and Irv Smith Jr. will be a top 10 tight end. Period. Amen. He's currently ranked outside that as far as most rankings that I see. Uh, maybe just on the cusp, kind of like in that 12 to 15 range. But I think he's a top 10 guy without a doubt this year. Yeah, I think the Vikings have two good tight ends. Um, and Irv Smith, it looks like he's going to have a real opportunity to uh, to get in there, uh, especially uh, at the red, in the red zone. Um, you know, anytime you're playing with two receivers who get a lot of attention, you have an athletic tight end, which Irv Smith is, it really puts his defense in a little bit of a quandary, and you can create mismatches. So I understand that. I think Irv Smith is starting to be ranked where he should be ranked, though. I mean, I don't think he's certainly ranked higher constantly than, like, Gerald Everett. Uh, He's getting talk up where he's getting close to being in, you know, right around that tight end one spot. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dispute any of that stuff. I mean, Ger- Ger- let's put it like this. I'm taking Gerald Everett ahead of Ingram and ahead of Robert Tanyan. So, uh, so that that's that's my view on that. And then the next tight end I'm gonna go is a, a guy who's fairly ranked as tight end too. Um, and I'm, I'm just intrigued by him because of the opportunities that he's going to get based on the other talent on the field. I mean, the Tennessee Titans have a superstar running back. They have uh, an elite uh, veteran superstar receiver for, you know, seven years. And they have an emerging superstar wide receiver in A.J. Brown. And I just think Anthony Froska playing as a second and third string tight end these last few years now is going to be the lead guy. I'm interested in him. I want to see how it plays out. I know because the Titans want to run the ball that the tight end is going to be in there. I think it's going to create a lot of opportunities for us to be kind of like an under-the-radar guy and a type of guy that you could draft as your second tight end, see how it plays out. If he's a non-factor, you could just drop the player. But I think he'll be a good backup for your fantasy team as your second tight end and maybe even a streaming option as well. So I'm keeping an eye on Anthony Fosca as a guy that nobody is really talking about or ranking up there, but uh, I think he's going to have some opportunities this year. Uh, you know what? When he did get the opportunity last year, because John Smith did miss a few games, uh, he did make he did make very good use of those opportunities. A couple of very, very good performances, uh, scored, scored some touchdowns, uh, you know, there's going to be a tremendous amount of touchdown. Uh, sorry, attention paid to AJ Brown. Uh, I would even say, you know, Josh Reynolds is going to be on the field as a third receiver here, and, and if Julio can stay healthy and on the field, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very intrigued as well. I've started to see him first go move up a little bit, but basically ranked around 20th in tight end. But I think could make the case you know, kind of for that top 12 status, uh, depending on how personnel sets. And I think the fact that he is going to be on the field because they're going to run the ball frequently uh, means a lot. So first good is a, is, is a good call there, Wiz. 
All right. Who do you got next? Yeah, so I just think opportunity knocks for Adam Troutman. Um, there, there's a situation here where Mike Thomas is not going to be on the field. We look at the receiving core, not necessarily a lot of marquee names in New Orleans. I know there's a lot of question marks around the quarterback and who it's going to be. And and certainly, um, Alvin Kamara is going to draw a lot of attention as well. But Adam Troutman, to me, is just way too low in the rankings uh, because I think he's going to be fed a lot more. We know that the New Orleans Saints moved back into the draft to take this player a couple of years ago. And I just see Troutman's volume increasing substantially for this coming season. Yeah, true. there's a lot to like about Troutman. He's got a lot of skill um, and, uh, and, and opportunity as well. And, uh, yeah, I think... You know, I think you want to see what happens with the quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, what what happened or if anything has changed with some of these situations, like in Denver and with, uh, um, you know, as well. Uh, while we're talking about with the Saints, um, we'll have to see how that plays out. But Troutman just figures to get a, an opportunity, as you mentioned. So I think I think he's another one of these guys. And there, you know, like I, when I wasn't joking when I said you could really talk about every one of these guys from like 12 to 20 and make a case for them. And, uh, you know, we're just handpicking a, a few of these guys, but um, I think Troutman is a, another amongst that group that is very interesting as we head into the season. And I have just one more guy. He's completely off the radar. Nobody is talking about him. Nobody's ranking him. I don't even inside the top 40 at the position, but what's interesting and ironic is, it was just one year ago where he was the darling of just about every fantasy football analyst going into last year based on his ability that he could stay healthy and more importantly, the quarterback that he was going to play with. And that's OJ Howard, who just was, you know, not seen last year, injured, but I am not forgetting about OJ Howard. I'm keeping an eye on him. When you watch him on the field, and you see a guy with that size and that speed and that athletic ability playing with a quarterback, a veteran like Brady, who certainly loves throwing the ball to the tight end and loves spreading the ball around. I'm keeping an eye on O.J. Howard because a 17-game season, I'm I'm pretty sure that they are not going to play Gronkowski during the regular season uh, a a lot of of snaps. I think Gronkowski for the regular season – could be a third down guy, a short yardage guy, a red zone guy. But between the 20s, I think O.J. Howard could be the guy who people have forgotten about. A fantasy football darling is a top tight end going into last year. And uh, I'm keeping an eye on O.J. Howard. I, I think he could be very interesting and a deep, deep sleeper going into this year. Yeah, and my only reservation here, uh, and Cameron Brate's still here. I guess you mentioned Gronk, of course. And I, there's a lot of receivers on this team. The ball is going to be really spread out in, in Tampa Bay. That that would be my kind of only reservation. I, I do agree he's kind of way off the radar. He's on nobody's radar that I've seen talked about, quite frankly. Uh, and, and, and with the injury last year, I think a, a lot of people have forgotten about him. This is a guy that was drafted very high. So it's an interesting call. Definitely a, a fight for targets on this team, which kind of makes me a little bit more gun shy. But, I, you know, look, something to pay attention to if, if – if injuries do pile up. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, you could take him basically with your last pick in a snake draft, a dollar for sure in an auction draft. 
And I just think the upside and the potential where you could just keep him on your bench and then if something were to happen where he would start becoming uh, a factor, if he would start to get a lot more playing time, if there were injuries, which can happen, um, I think he could be a, tre- a tremendous investment. So uh, I, I just think he's a guy that you could get for Dexter nothing or literally nothing and have to pay uh, a minimum price with with, with some upside. So um, that's it for me at tight end. And like I said, we could talk about everyone uh, so we're just keeping it to a few, at least I did. Was there any other player at tight end you wanted to discuss? Yeah, so so I've got one guy in one situation just because I love the offense and I'm not really sold on the guy that they, they, they signed in the offseason. You know, Wiz has talked about the player a lot being very touchdown dependent. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, we're moving towards a younger and more dynamic uh, league just in general. You're going to the Charger guy, right? I'm, I'm going to Donald, Bar- Donald Parham, absolutely. <laughs> you, you love him. You love him. I, I just think he's an elite athlete. Uh, basketball player, and we know what's happened before with a former basketball player in, in Los Angeles, well, with, with the Chargers organization, and that was Antonio Gates. Uh, Parham did actually show up last year a couple of times. I was so angry when they signed Jared Cook, but Jared Cook's 34 years old, right? So, yeah. to your point, a guy lasting all year long, you know, is it going to happen? Probably not, and I just have a lot of faith in the offense in general, and, and Justin Herbert, and I think Donald Parham, in a very, very small sample size, has shown you that that there you know Herbert will look to him in the red zone he's a big big target and I'm you know I know look I fell for the Mike Williams stuff after his first year I expected it that, that I'm, I'm sorry Mike Williams can't stay healthy and you know, so options in the red zone it, it's going to be meaningful for for the charger tight end and I'm not sure that Parham's going to be fought off exactly by by a guy like Jared Cook who's older and you know more injury prone at, at this point in his career and I just I, I just think Parham brings a lot of intangibles to this offense as well as a lot of the backup pass catchers for, for the Chargers. There's some big bodies, some athletic bodies, but he's a guy that I, I'll definitely be paying attention to if anything would have happened to Cook or to see if he actually can wrest control of that. You know, I know they paid Cook a lot of money, but look, talent is talent, and I'll be watching that situation very, very closely. Yeah, I think that's one that, you know, if he if he got in there, if there was an injury that allowed him to get in there, he would become one of these guys that I think uh, would become more prominent and, and, and talked about a lot more. So, uh, you, you know, with some of these situations, you really want to see what the usage is. Uh, it's a 17-game season. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm not, I'm not sure if we're going to see the, see the dreaded West management or load management, uh, you know, enter the NFL with a 17-game season. It would make sense. For a team to do that, if they had like a bye week in week 11 and then they felt they had a week 10 game to rest a player, to give the player a few weeks off. So I don't know if we're going to see that, how that's going to work. But there's no question if he got in there um, with that offense and with Herbert, um, he'd be someone to keep your eye on. And look, you know, there, you know, nowadays there are a lot of tight ends that you know. A lot of times, twelve personnel is played a little bit more. I'm not saying that the Chargers are going to do that, but in some cases, you know, you'll see two tight ends emerge. I mean, we're definitely going to be grappling with you know, right now. Hunter Henry's hurt, so what does that mean for John O. Smith on draft day, depending on how long he's out? There's a there's just a lot of situations that you're going to going to watch. I, one one other that I'm watching, I know you're going to laugh at this one too. Um, I know it's not a good receiving core. Tyrod Taylor is most likely going to be starting the 
year for, for the Houston Texans. But but someone's going to have to contribute. And in the past, uh, Dean Cully, who's now the head coach, he, he certainly has familiarity with successful tight ends uh, with, with Andrews in Baltimore, but he's now the head coach. I think tight ends will be a part of this offense. It's not a great receiving core outside of um, – uh, Brandon Cooks. So the tight end in Houston, whoever it may be, and I think it's still up for, for up for grabs uh, in terms of who it's going to be. Uh, but right now it's Jordan Aiken's job. You know, in the past I've kind of liked the player. I'm not saying he's going to have the job, but I think whoever wins the tight end job in, in Houston, given the offense and given that they're going to be playing from behind a lot, it's going to be a position that gets ignored in most fantasy drafts. But I'm going to be curious to see who actually wins that job. Right now, Aikens is the number one on the depth chart. And, and a guy in the past that, again, when given opportunity, has been successful. You know, last year he was dealing with, with more mouths to feed, right? Um, they had the guy who's now on Detroit. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Darren Fells was on this team. He's he's now backing up uh, TJ Hawkinson in Detroit. So a little bit clearer path for Aikens uh, in, in an offense where there's not a lot of pass catching options. Everybody in life should have somebody as loyal to them as you are to Jordan Aikens. I, 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 this fascination, this, this, this loyalty is incredible. I mean, you must have talked him up um, as your free agent pickup of the week uh, at least five or six times last year. Uh, he bombed just about every time, but yet, you know, you don't give up on him. And this year, it, it actually, to me, makes a little bit more sense with Tyrod Taylor, who does not want to throw the ball more than five or six yards down the field. So you could see some volume with Aikens, so I could kind of see it this year. But uh, for the, just about everyone in the Texans, you know, outside of Cooks, and maybe, um, you know, see if a running back emerges. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with that team. I, I'm just feeling... Uh, it could be a, a long, long year. But look, to your point, they're going to be trailing in just about every game. They have to throw the ball. And, uh, and uh, you know, why not Aikens? He's not, he's, not, you know, he's not the worst option. Let's put it like that. All right. Fantastic, Wiz. Well, that's all I have at tight end. Uh, you said you're completed as well. So uh, that's a wrap on, on, on us going over each of the positions. We'll do a little uh, go around the league, uh, I think, in our next podcast and discuss the opening week of uh, the full opening week of preseason football in the NFL. And uh, that's it. Yeah, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify. Make sure you're subscribing. Uh, drafts are coming up. We're getting excited. Uh, Wiz, I'll wish you a good rest of the weekend and uh, look forward to chatting next week. You got it. Thanks a lot.